and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Mother and Crone. Uh, unfortunately, Mother couldn't make it today. My Linda is out. She has a bad back, so we're going to let her rest up. If anybody wants to light a candle for it, it would be most appreciated. So um, we're going to go into it, and I have a special guest host, but we're not going to see who it is till we get through our, our wonderful little, and y'all got to bear with me now because y'all know what I'm like. We're going to do our um, tea. Um, today we're going to look at pomegranate and um, pomegranate it's also known as the fruit of hell because of Persephone and the whole little story behind it I kind of like that story myself and I've always been a fan um, and now at one time you could never get them during the summer months you could only get them in winter um, where I used to be from up north but now wow they come out and uh, you can get them year-round now pomegranate and everybody's heard how wonderful pomegranates are and all the good stuff that it has in it um they're really um they're studying it because of the antioxidants in it and it has some really really wonderful um qualities to it it's a little tart um if you have it in your tea i like to actually use the juice you can put the fruit in it. if you like the fruit you can put the fruit in and chew on it while you're drinking your tea but um i like it the juice to use in my um teas i like iced tea with pomegranate it's wonderful it gives you a very uplifting taste um it does have wonderful of course vitamin c because it's a fruit so you're getting your vitamin c there is some some school of thought on this that um it's actually being studied as a cancer preventative so um not only does it taste good but it has the qualities of the cancer prevention um, and they're looking at it they're finding out that um the prostate cancer cells it actually stops the growth of it so it, they're doing a lot more studies on it um alzheimer's um they're claiming that since it's in high concentration they believe that it's it helps the memory so that's another wonderful thing um digestion uh it, it's great no matter how you have it um it is really, really a, a great for your digestive tract. It's also really good um, as an anti-inflammatory. It is also great for arthritis. Um, there's a lot of studies being done on it for cartilage and arthritis, so that's a really great one. And heart disease, um, and it's it's shown that it improves blood flow and it keeps the arteries from becoming stiff and thick, um, and that's causes a lot of problems as you get older. They're saying that it is also good for your um, high blood pressure. So I, I did not know that. I thought, wow, that's really great. Um, it's for memory, again, with the Alzheimer's. Um, they're saying that uh, it, it really is good for memory now. So that'll drink the pomegranate and sniff the rosemary. And you're going to have a great memory. Um, the one I love is sexual performance. Yay. Um, they're saying that, um, it has, it causes, uh, it's been shown the antioxidant, antiox, antioxidant particles of it, um, are showing that, um, it's helping to reduce, um, some women who have infertility. So it's, there you go. And they're also saying that, um, it also increases testosterone levels in men. So there you go, guys. Um, endurance and sports performance, of course. And they're actually saying that um, it was used as a remedy in the Middle East for diabetes. 
So that's an interesting thought. Um, and it's showing that um, it may help decrease insulin resistance and lower your blood pressure. So uh, all of that combined, there's like, they have 15 different ones. Um, so it's, it's really a great thing to have. Now, the seeds you can use, you know, just eat the pomegranate. I like eating them. Um, but you can also use the juice um, to flavor anything. Um, it's if you're doing, actually, if you're like doing um, fruit bowls, you can pour it on the fruit bowl so that it gives it uh, a little bit of the taste. And as far as, and this is interesting, um, I've got Scott up here, and Scott and I are conferring here on the pomegranate. And it is actually called, believe it or not, at one time, Carthage apple. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, the gender is masculine, planet is mercury, element is fire. And the seeds have been eaten to increase fertility. We just looked at that here, so that's really interesting. Um, it's lucky, magical fruit. Uh, make a wish before eating one, and your wish will come true. Um, the branch of pomegranate uh, discovers concealed wealth or will attract money to its possessor. Sounds like a wand to me. Um, there, oh, yeah. It says women who wish to know how many children they will have should throw a pomegranate hard on the ground. The number of seeds which fall out indicate the number of their offspring. Now, with my luck, it would burst and there'd be a million of them. Um, but the branches of the pomegranate are hung over doorways to guard against evil. And the juice is used as a blood substitute or magical ink. So there you go, guys. You've got a whole bunch of different ways you can do that. Um, like I said, it's a really healthy, healthy fruit to eat. Um, if you can get it in your neighborhood, now they've got the juice and the concentrate, so you can just pick it up at the store. You can flavor hot tea with it, iced tea with it, um, drink it by itself. I find it a little too tart. Um, you can mix it. It's a great mixer with um, for punches, for, you know, if you want to put like a little 7-Up or Sprite with it, it gives it a bubbly flavor. So that's our herb. Um, it has a lot of good qualities. It's kind of really not an herb. It's more of a fruit, but it was used back in the day as a, a flavor herb to flavor food. So right there you have it. So today, since I'm here by myself, I feel lonely. I'm going to call on somebody who's going to pop on in just a minute. If he doesn't, I will cry. Our guest today is actually Reverend Tim. Are you there? I'm looking for you. Here he comes. I am here. I am Hello, so everyone. How are you doing? I absolutely adore when we get together. Um, Tim and I get together and we get really crazy. Um, and he's been so sweet um, coming on for me today. And I'm going to let you have the floor and tell us a little bit about you and what's going on in your life. So take it away, Tim. Um, well, hi, I'm RG, otherwise known as Rev Tim, otherwise known as Tim. Um, I am a professional medium as well as paranormal investigator. And um, I work close, you know, I work or I help assist with teaching over at Witch School International. I usually do a lot of live streams. And more importantly, I've been writing a book, um, which is a lifetime journey. Well, it's a year in the life where I will be empowering people to become mediums. So really, I've been spending a lot of time focusing on the book. Uh, many people have been asking me where I've been. I'm like, 
writing a book. And I think a lot of times um, people don't care how difficult uh, writing a book actually is. There's lots of nuts and bolts and behind the scenes work. So it's been a busy couple of months, which is good since we're still on lockdown. How have you been? I have been crazy, um, doing lots of crazy things. Uh, I'm working on actually rewriting books for children's programs. <laughs> so um, I've also been in front of my computer forever. So your book, when is it due to come out? Uh, we're hoping to release it in October. Next so time. it's coming up very soon. So we're hoping to release in really the plan the plan was october hopefully we'll stick to that because the pre-orders are now on so uh, if you haven't yet uh, please consider pre-ordering at corellian publishing uh, that'd be greatly appreciated and i'm working with a company called speak your book uh, where it's pretty much speech to text only the text part as well the nuts and bolts come in so there's a lot of work still going on that we're doing, a lot of back and forth, cleaning everything up, but we're planning to release it late October. That is awesome. So can you give us a website or where we can pre-order your book from? Yeah, it's from the CorellianPublishing.com. So it'll be on the, Corelli on the main Corellian site under their publishing. So everybody needs to jump on to Corellian. Uh, you type it in, it'll come up on your computer and you can go right to the site and order it from that pre-order. And it's also available on Speak Your Book as well, which is the name of the company that I'm working with. So what possessed you to write a book? Insanity, I think, uh, <laughs> took over. At first, it seemed like a good idea. You know, it was like, this would be genius. And I love teaching as well, but <laughs> it's been... I feel like I've gone 20 rounds with Mike Tyson. No, it, it, it's, I wanted to, you know, I was speaking with Ed Hubbard quite a lot and he was suggesting that I, I really should write a book. And I was apprehensive at first. And then I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's just do it. You know, since I'm used to, I'm used to teaching without any script. So I just thought, yeah, why not? And there have been a lot of people that have been asking me to teach mediumship classes. So I thought, okay, why, why don't I just do both at once? Write a book which is focused on a year. And the goal of the book is all eight holidays, but with a difference. So it's not all about the holidays, but it's all about how you start from one point and we end at another point. So we're starting with all this kind of top heavy and then we conclude with seances. So we're going to be including tarot. We're going to be including a lot of things. But what really possessed me, I think, yeah, insanity. I thought it was a good idea at the time. Probably was a good idea. Well, you know, I a lot of people write books. And a lot of the books, when they're written, um, I, I know I bought a million books. And you get, like, into the first or second page. And you're like, why did I buy this book? But yours is more of a, not a how-to book, but yours is a lot informative information. It's both. So there's the information, I mean, there's information about each day, well, each respective day, each part of the book, there's exercises. So as you read it, there's an exercise section for that, for each section. So one day we could be looking at basics of divination. The next we're talking about how to negotiate with spirits. So it's empowering people as they read it to do the exercises, to keep journals, 
how to get certain things together, learning mirror magic, learning. I mean, I think the main bulk of the book is going to be between mirrors, seances and tarot. So there's a lot of information in it, but it is kind of a how to. But at the same time, it's a cross blend. I think it's a unique way of doing it. So there's a lot of how to do this, but at the same time, informing what we're doing it, why there's processes at work. So it's not like a normal book it's a book but it's not it's, it's typical not, yeah, yeah I like it's, not, that. it's not a typical book it's more like read this and by the end of the book you're going to be if you do the exercises and you take it seriously then yeah you'll have a different perspective of life that's interesting um now you are a professional medium mm-hmm. um I know you get questions all the time how do you do that and why do you do that when did you first know that you could do that must be when I was like three or four I've always had I've always been super sensitive to things I just never really used it until maybe I was in my teenage years and then I've just been using it ever since so um I would say when I was about four but then I kind of like downplayed it and then I went back to it so I've been doing it a very long time well it's interesting some people um like when I was really little, I thought everybody saw and heard ghosts like I did. I just assumed everybody did. And when you start talking to people and they're like, you do what? You know, and it's like, ooh, uh, yeah, you know. But um, so it's it's nothing, you've grown up with it. So it's been part of your life ever since you okay. can remember kind of thing. Now, when you do, and I have been the proud person who has, gone through a few seances with you and I really, really enjoyed them. I love when you channel, you just sit there and all of a sudden you just say something and it's, I, I, I don't remember it afterwards. I really don't. It's, it's one thing I always tell people is that when I do seances, uh, which reminds me coming up in October, there will be seances coming up all month is the plan. Seriously? So um, when I do seances, like with most mediums, we'll tell you, we don't remember it. And we don't, it's, I can channel, but then I don't even remember doing it. And it really creeps people out when I do that. But I'm like, I I don't remember it. See, I know that um, when we've done it, I, you, you're right. You're spot on. There's there's no denying because you can tell me things that nobody in my family would know. Um, but it's it's fascinating that when you do it, you're consciously aware because you're saying oh yeah here you know someone's coming through and you know you'll say something now do you hear them like a voice or is it a feeling starts as I mean it starts as a feeling I kind of get the feeling that there's somebody with me then I tend to just let the spirit channel so I tend to just let the spirit take control um it's, it's my preferred method. There are many different ways that mediums can successfully bring forth spirit. With me, I just, as long as I have a good feeling about the spirit and I know it doesn't, it's not malevolent, then I let the spirit drive for a while. And then I don't remember anything that kind of happens. So when I've done seances in public, it is true, you know, the preferred thing is that we're restrained, but it's just for our own protection. 
just in case things uh, things get a little bit out of control i remember a couple of years ago i was working with a paranormal group and they were like we want to make sure that you're not restrained i'm like uh okay so i asked them why and they're like yeah we just want to prove that you know that it doesn't work i'm like are you sure you want to do this I'm like yeah so entered into the seance and i channeled what it must have been he was a butcher and he died in um he was a local butcher and we were doing the investigation I think in where he used to live. And I was telling him, if I channel this guy in life was a bit of a, he was a, he was a nice guy, but if you jumped him, you would freak on you. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine. I channeled and the feelings, I mean, I got a feeling that he was agitated and I'm like, Oh crap, here we go. <laughs> Uh, it turned out that I hit two people without knowing it. And, and this was me. I'd actually told them if he comes through and I'm not restrained, it could be a problem. And then I had to tell them afterwards, the spirits don't mean to do it, but they're confused because they're in a new body and they don't understand it. And you're forcing them to come, well, not forcing, but you're asking questions. Yeah, they're going to get volatile. And now that group in the UK refuses to have anybody unrestrained. It's like that. So you kind of set the standard for that now. Yeah. Um, but when I do it online, um, I know that it's protected online to some degree because I know what's around me usually. Um, and also there's no danger to anybody that's tuning in, which is why I love using Zoom and the other platforms is I already know roughly that, that the seances I do are 100% safe. I've never had an issue apart from zombie fairies, which is a story for the ages. But I've never had, uh, you know, I know there's this whole stigma about electromagnetic energy and all of this, but I've never had issues doing it online. Person, yeah, it can get a little bit fun. Okay, so with your paranormal group, do you do that here in the States or just over? I've worked with groups um around the world so yeah both here in the states and when i was in the uk so I, I tend to be more of a liaison so they can get advice from me i will tell you it's not like you see on tv but we'll cover that in the book but it isn't like you see on tv and um, when you're working with these especially the newer guys on the block they want to be the next zach Bagans or, or whoever and at the end of the day i always tell people okay first of all you're not going to see a full-bodied manifestation second of all most of the stuff you're going to take doesn't even work. And then they get really mad at me. I'm like, just it, use cop, use the most basic things. You don't need to break sort of the bank. And the, a lot of groups tend to get very like, we need this, we need this. And I'm like, no, just take a tape recorder. You'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a fan of a couple of the paranormal shows. I liked watching the shows because I like the people that are doing it. Not necessarily what they're doing, but they add flavor to the show. I mean, yeah, you know, um, but it's the danger is when you when you when you are dealing with the with the well with the endless afterlives and you're working with the paranormal. The danger is making that into an entertainment because at the end of the day, that's somebody's loved one. It's a relative. And this is the message that I always tell paranormal groups is at the end of the day, yeah, you're, you're a showman if you're doing it on television, but respect is key. I know Zach Bagans is, he's a great guy, but um, I know he respects what he does and he respects what he works with. So 
I know with like Ghost Adventures, they're paid a lot of money to sometimes overhype things, you know, to throw a little drama in. I've done investigations where nothing's happened. I went into the Old Rams Inn, a really good example of when nothing happens, right? As it did the Old Rams Inn in the UK, which is on a crisscross of ley lines and is considered to be Britain's most notoriously haunted home. And it was in a downtime of the energy. We were there overnight and nothing happened. Go back the next day, then literally everything went wrong and then went back the next day. And yeah, it was nicely acted. So what you see on television is they edit it over a couple of days. It's never like one overnight. So on some of their shows, they make it look like they're there just for one night. They're actually there for a couple of days. Yeah, I, sometimes the spirits will cooperate and sometimes they just don't. And sometimes they will give you a run for your money that they'll, because they'll effectively troll you. Um, and I've had that happen to me. Uh, that's not the nicest experience, especially when spirits tend to get frisky. Like I've had spirits pull my hair before. It's never fun. In fact, I, I hate when they do that. Your hair go when we've done these things. I've seen movement, your the bedspread came right off the bed one time. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah, it was interesting because you couldn't see it. It was behind you. And I'm watching this bedspread come off your bed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, and you're just going right on and just go, <laughs> look behind you. <laughs> but I tend to just, like, where we lived before was really active. I mean, this home, this place is active, but... I tend to just ignore it most of the time because I'm so used to working with spirits that I know what's around me and I know they mean me no harm. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm in their space and yeah. I just leave them alone. I know a lot of people, um, they want that experience and then they get absolutely terrified, which terrifies the spirit, which means that you have this kind of issues going on. With me, I just ignore it. I'm like, okay, just do what you're doing. We have um, a nice little spirit in our office. Uh, it's an old warehouse, so you can imagine. And if you're there late at night, there's certain sounds you hear. When we first moved in last year, um, I, I knew there was something there. Mia and another girl, it was so funny. We just looked at each other, and you both immediately recognized that look. It was like, you heard it, and you saw it too. And she's like, what was that? And I'm like, just be cool. Just just let it go. It, it's not mean. It's just there. And um, my boss, like, got a dose of it the other night for the first time. And he was like, what is going on out there? Because you hear it. You, yeah. you hear stuff around. You hear stuff moving. And you're the only person in the warehouse. So you know. You know, he was putting it off. He says, I've heard this noise before. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's just the mice running around. And, I, you know, you kind of do Very that. Mice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Mice. And um, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> but um, I, I know a lot of people um, kind of feel like, and now that witchcraft and everything's coming out more and more in the open and people are becoming more, I don't know, aware or just more open about the subject. But uh, a lot of people are like, oh, can you come over and see if my house is haunted? And, you know. I get that a lot. Do you really? Yeah. Um, one of the things with like buildings, especially if you are hearing noises, is it's not that the spirits are active at night because they're active all the time. It's 
a replay of energy when they're strongest. So what buildings need is human is electromagnetic energy to generate the act the activity starting. If you were to go and find where you think the noises were coming from, you wouldn't find anything. It's a replay. It's all it is. I mean, there are intelligent spirits. Those are far more. I mean, those are rarer. But really, when it's a replay, it's it's replaying in the time that it in the time that exists within the spirit realm. So in the spirit realm, it could be something like nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. In our time, it's completely different. Uh, so it's a lot of people always think that spirits are active at night. Really, they're not. They're active all the time. And it just takes time for that energy to make itself manifest. And you'll never really see a full body manifestation. You're you'll get an inkling for it, but it's usually in your mind because it takes a lot of energy for the spirit to make itself truly form. You know, people, I will say now, especially in 2021, uh, with the the virus of unspecified origins, um, you know, the veil between the living and the dead's pretty much gone. Uh, the, The afterlife was never designed for this much death. And with all the wars going on with COVID and all of this, the system's messed up. And now people are seeing it, that they're actually experiencing it. And I think for the first time, a lot of the skeptics, don't get me started on skeptics, but a lot of times skeptics are now, oh, maybe they were right. Uh, Maybe there is something out there. But again, people want the experience, but at the same time, they get absolutely terrified by it. It's like, I think our home is haunted. And you tell them it is. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are we going to call every single priest that we could possibly find? I'm like, nah, just deal with it. Be fine. I find, too, um, when you say they don't manifest at a certain time, usually you hear more at night because you're quieter. Yeah, and there's no distractions. And so your mind is more open to it. They're really there all the time, but it's just when you're for some genetic reason when it turns to night our mind is naturally less on i would say attack and defense mode during the day we've got all of these senses and everything going on around us but at night we don't have it because we're so used to that kind of calm type thing that now we now we're aware of it but really during the day Everything's happening always around you. It's just we're unaware of it because we don't want to see it. I like I say in my book, your eyes will deceive you. Your eyes is if your eye, if you or if your mind, and if you, we have to remember, right? Like your eyes and your mind are a biological com- construct. Your mind processes logical information, and with vision, you see things upside down in a mirror image. With that, your your bio, the biology of the human body, right, isn't designed to see the paranormal. It's designed to see things on a very set visual spectrum, and that is the spectrum of light. So if you were to see something that is void of light, your mind is automatically just going to say, oh, okay, I don't need that image, and it's done in an instant. And this is why people can't see it. Because you're not meant to, it's not that you're not meant to see it, but it's just, we are a biological construct. And there's certain things that, for whatever reason, our mind is programmed to say, nah, that ain't there. It's kind of like reading stuff upside down or 
filling in the blank. You yeah. Can, your mind does that with without you realizing you're doing yeah. it. And it, it fills in. Um, that um, tends to happen too. You see things through your experience. So your brain can only function and, and focus on it through a prior experience. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like when two people witness something and the police get statements and you look at them and you're like, okay, were you guys on the same planet when this happened? Not even at the same spot because they're so different, but it's how your brain is yeah. is recording. It's recording by experience, not the only true true set is a camera because it it records exactly yeah. what's going on but your brain just winds it in the car was green no it was blue no it was orange whoa um did y'all see a car <laughs> no and that's eyewitness statements um i was a notary and i used to do depositions occasionally and I took two depositions and I literally thought it was two cases. It was the same case. They were describing the same thing. They were so different. And I was like, I was really confused in mm -hmm. the, um, the psychology behind it. Since I'm, you know, a psychologist, I actually were taught that. And it's just from your experience. So yeah. if you've never experienced it, your brain doesn't know how to file it. Yeah, I'll tell you something funny that happened at work. Um, I work in a nursing home, which is haunted. <laughs> but but the funniest thing is um, we had the, the, the doctors were there, two nurses and the residents, right? So we're all standing around talking just before they were going out for smoke break. And there's this phone, really old-fashioned um, phone, starts ringing. And... I made the uh, somebody made the point. Oh, it's just the ghost, and I was like, "Think," and I said, "Yeah, you think." So I go over to the phone, pick it up. It's really cold, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, what the hell is going on with this phone?" So then they decided to call the phone company to go and fix the phone. The phone guy comes in and he takes the phone off the wall, and it starts ringing again. And I'm like, "Yeah, you probably that isn't going to fix the problem," and it turned out. Um, I do. I practice psychometry, so I'm like, say, here, let me have a quick look at the phone. So I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, and it turned out that this gentleman was an 84 year old, and he always used to call his mother at the nursing home before he passed. And every day at a certain time, the phone rings more than once, and so they fix the phone. Fixed, and for the last week, it has rung on the exact time that he used to call his mother, uh, and I'm like so they called the phone company again the guy comes in and i'm like it's no point you fixing it there's nothing wrong with the phone and he's like oh so he's looking at the phone yeah he's like saying there's nothing wrong with the phone i'm like yeah think i told you there's nothing wrong with the phone so it was kind of fun to have that kind of experience and we're used to it now at work and now we just have fun with the spirit i mean it does the spirit never says anything you pick up the phone i've not experienced anything but it's kind of like a replay but it's kind of fun when it happens. Oh, I'm sure it just does wonders for those skeptics who are like freaking out on you now. Oh, we had uh, the doctors that were there at the time. They were really skeptical. They're like, no, it's a technical glitch. I'm like, touch the phone. So they touched the phone. And I went, uh, cold or warm? And they're like, bloody cold. And I went, 
There's a reason for that. Yeah, there's a reason for that. So when you do your shows, because you're on, you do your podcasts. I know I I try to catch them when I when I see them. Um, is there a particular subject, or do you just something just strikes you and you just do it? Something just strikes me. Yeah, I mean, I I just get random ideas and I just do it. But nothing I do is ever scripted, so it's like everything is coming from my knowledge. So I just get random ideas and I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. I, I was asked that by um, someone who watches your shows and they're like, he just like gets on there and talks and it's all of this knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. So I wanted to, to put it's how I roll. It's how you roll. There you go. It is fascinating though. I really, I love your shows. Um, I really do. You not only what you present the way you present it because you make it fun. Yeah. But there's so much knowledge it's like you know it's like wait a minute slow down replay that you know and that's why i like it on my phone because i can go back and play it and listen again because you cover so much information i try you do and it, your shows are really really cool i know a lot of people we all look forward to them and we really enjoy them when you do um readings because you do tarot yes i do um is there a particular type of tarot card that you prefer or are you just pick up any deck and do it uh that's a really good question i have my personal deck which is the raven's deck which is otherwise known as the crow's magic deck which was gifted to me many many years ago by a former member of the tradition um but i also am currently working with tarot ai and the infinite tarot, which is a unique system, which I absolutely adore. So there's lots of new different ways to do tarot. But when I've done private readings or online readings, like we did the psychic fair last year, I would be using my own personal deck. And the thing is, you know, I still get, I'm still able to see good readings for people, even though we can't do it in person. And I actually miss the in-person readings, but using Zoom and everything still get a really good response. And I always tell people tarot is super subjective, but it's you already know the answer to what you're asking, but you just need a subtle hint. And that's how tarot works. And I also love teaching tarot. So my deck is actually over here. I should just quickly fetch it. So this is my deck, which is which yeah. is my oldest deck. And that's the one that I do private readings with. Um, I just find it a good deck, but I also use uh, Tarot AI as well, or the Infinite Tarot System, which is an equally good deck. In fact, the Tarot Pecate is a pretty good deck to use. I, I read and I know I have my deck. And then I have a deck I teach with, and then I have about 20 other decks. <laughs> this one goes everywhere with me. I mean, I can show you some of the cards. Uh, so this one journeys with me wherever I go. And it's a really good deck. So, for example, we have some interesting sort of artwork. That is interesting. So, I mean, it's, it's a good deck. It's, it's uh, seen a lot of action. I, I have a deck I've had for like almost 30 years that I... You know, it's it's so dog-eared. I'm I'm surprised that the, the layers still 
are together on it, but that's my favorite deck. Now, people always ask, and I know you're going to get asked a million times, when you read for somebody, mm -hmm. um, I know when you read, you're an intuitive. So you, when you read, you're not just reading the deck, you're reading the energy, you're reading everything about mm -hmm. the person, especially if they're in front of you. You just can't okay. help it. It just happens. Do you, when you teach it, how do you, do you teach your students to listen to that little voice in our head? Yeah. That's uh, one of the ways that I teach tarot is, I'm going to do a live reading here in about one second, um, just to give you guys a, an example of kind of how I do it. But I always teach people tarot. Tarot, the, the, the deck is just a deck of cards. The energy that you put into the deck is what you get out of the deck, which is why you should always bond with the deck first. So sleeping with the deck for three nights under your pillow or have the deck um, under a full moon or near crystals. It just builds the bond. Really what that bond is, is it's allowing you to unlock the levels of consciousness within your mind. So the more you work with it and the more you understand the meanings of the cards the true meanings for example if you get the lovers it's not suddenly going to make your dream girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the situation is it's not going to bring everybody together instantly but the lovers means the gemini it means two it's this coming together of two different people so to give you an example of how I teach tarot or how I do a reading, uh, we have a deck here. I'm not even going to shuffle it. So when we talk about education, uh, let me just see if the deck is going to work with me today. So again, I'm not going to shuffle. I'm just going to see what happens. So we're talking about education. So let's see. Okay. The magician. So the magician. Um the magician is at the point where he tr he tries and he fails, but he knows knowledge. Alpha and Omega, the divine scales. So for those watching today, hello. Um, what the magician is telling you is you're not about to have superpowers. It's far more down to earth. Education. You try and fail. You succeed always, right? To, to fail is to succeed. It's true. You mess, we all mess up. And what the magician card means is the magician gets it. He has all the tools of his disposal on his altar. And if you go to the Rider White tarot deck system, um, it's the same kind of idea. You see the table and you see he, he's working. And the idea is that when the fool approaches him and he is on the second stage, it's this idea of teaching. He spends a lifetime failing, but at the same time, a lifetime succeeding. But he's not perfect. He, he never admits to being perfect, but he understands all of the elements and how they work. And I think for everybody watching today, understanding all of the elements and tools available to you, you're magicians. I, I say this time and time again, especially over at Witch School when I do live streams, everybody's a magician. It means that you're, you, you have an open mind and you're willing to learn. Uh, whether you're a witch, shaman, druid, doesn't matter, you're magicians. It's just a question of the journey that you go on, uh, really is. So I will do a second reading just to prove that wasn't a fluke, which usually doesn't happen. So I just thought, you know, do so, do a live reading for everyone today and see what we can come up with. All right, boom. Uh, we have the hanged man. 
So confusion, feeling trapped, right? Again, I'm not even scripting this. Uh, this comes from knowledge. Really does. When I learned tarot, um, I learned it with uh, Lady Windy many, many years ago before she uh, passed into Summerland. And she always made the point, you don't need a script. Just memorize the small things. What the hangman really means is people feel trapped. And we do. We've got COVID. So everybody's at home. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, the end of the world is here. We're all trapped. And what the hangman represents is this idea of, well, what are you going to do next? You free yourself from being trapped. Or you can allow all these worries take over. The hangman doesn't mean you're about to, I don't know, be killed by some demonic evil force. No, it just means you feel trapped, you're overwhelmed, you don't know what to do. Hanging upside down is never comfortable because you can't move past it. You know, this card is good, it's pretty... I would say that this card has been seen by many, many readers right the way through last year and half of this year because everybody feels trapped. And because they do, now it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So yeah, I just wanted to do a quick reading just to... Yeah, I love that. I, I love when a group of witches get together because we all bring our tarot cards and everybody reads for everybody. And it's I was, I was thinking of getting like a mini tarot deck and putting it on a necklace and be like yeah. a mini card. So you can just pull the card out when you're out. That's the first question. It's as soon as someone finds out that you are quote unquote a witch, the first thing everybody assumes all witches read tarot. We don't, not all. No, not at all. I mean Tarot is a part of eclectic paganism, and it has been for many, many, many years. And really, tarot has its own. I mean, there's a couple of schools of thought on tarot. The first school of thought is, is it a deck is a deck is a deck, and that's the Mediterranean version. But real tarot started with our friends, um, really, with the Moors who created the Saracen deck, who splintered off from the Islamic Empire, made their way into Spain, had the run-in with Ferdinand and Isabella. Ferdinand had a version of the Saracen deck. And we were talking about Ferdinand and Isabella on a stream the other day. And Ferdinand was mystic. And in fact, somebody uh, requested that I talk about the Illuminati, which was started by Maria Santo Domingo. And she had a copy of the Saracen deck. And she was always spot on. She actually was a member of the Dominican order um and she was trolling the catholic church to begin with but no tarot has always been associated with um not just the moors but really the well-to-do the nobles it was seen as a way to at first yes or no the eight ball right this reason why the eight ball exists is yes or no is something going to happen or not then over the course of time tarot modified itself into the major arcana and the minor arcana the major arcana deals with your journey like we learn about the magician the hangman and all of this minor arcana is far more about now you've got the journey going the minor arcana is hey yo this is everything affecting you so when we learn about the minor arcana it's everything from personal issues sex life work life drama life you name it it's probably got it too bad disney haven't marketed it yet but they might um <laughs> but no, I mean, things for ourselves has it, it, it's not just a witch thing it, it's people see tarot now as a witch thing because it's you know they see it in television they see it in movies 
but really now um it's a small part of witchcraft but it's not a major part you know witchcraft is really to deal with living a life of balance uh, and being a part of nature and i've had many people say witches don't exist because you're on the cryptid list and i said well there's a reason why we're on the cryptid list and it's the catholic church but don't get me started on that but yeah i mean witches are witches tend to spend their time just being members of communities and, and they spend their time doing what we've done for thousands of years we're farmers we're, we're natural gardeners we're tied to the world of the year we understand how to plant in certain rotations and then we have the holidays and american witchcraft is not the same as i mean european witchcraft is older but american witchcraft has become more focused on divination whereas european witchcraft is all over i mean if you if you were to go to, uh, let's pick somewhere, which I know is super active these days. So let's just pick Portugal, because it's a big movement in Portugal at the minute. Portuguese witchcraft is night and day different from American witchcraft. Portuguese witchcraft is you're tied to the land. You know what the land is going to do. But at the same time, you're part of a community. And when one person suffers, everyone suffers. So it's like knuckling down and... No, we look at the response to to COVID and we see a lot of witches instead of just like hiding with tarot cards and all of this. Now everybody's out helping the community. We're, we're, we're in healthcare. We're in, you know, assisted living. But we're there actively helping. We're, we're kind of, the whole thing with witchcraft is we want to be able, we are community-based. It's what we've always been. And tarot is just a, a minor part of it. I, I hear that a lot. And I know a lot of witches who don't read tarot, who no. do. I, I know a lot of herbal witches and, and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know I was a witch until I got a little bit older, but I've always played with tarot since I was very, very young. Uh, tarot was a deck of cards. Like yeah. you said, it was a deck of cards. And um, I actually learned to read from a deck of cards. So it, for me, it, it it's always been there. So I don't necessarily see it as, part of my witchcraft it's yeah, yeah it's like i crochet yeah. you know? so yeah you know i do other things um i love that when people you know well what do you do you're a witch um i eat i sleep you i gotta work <laughs> yeah i work eight yes. hours. <laughs> you know it's it it's funny how people i guess they must think we're independently wealthy i wish you know, it's like, that would be really cool if I could just practice witchcraft all day. That would be like. Oh, I've had people say, if you're a witch, why can't you make money appear? And I tell people, because we know the laws of magic. A bit more about me is I'm also, um, I'm a clergy witch uh, for the Korean tradition, but I'm also, as a side gig, I'm all, I also have studied hematic magic, so ceremonial magic, but I studied the Solomic version, not the. The, the Order of the Golden Dawn is great, but to some extent, because the way they teach is very stringent. But the way I learned it was through the books of Solomon and really studying what he truly meant, which is now you can't just make things manifest. Solomon never, Solomon was only wealthy because of his his status. He never made anything manifest. And in fact, he forbade his children, uh, who all named Solomon, but okay. Um, he forbade his children from using magic to that extent. So now as witches, we can't just make things manifest because we know 
the the rule of three and we know what happens when we misuse magic it would be great i mean it would be kind of cool to make a spell and yes we do do spells in witchcraft but um it would be good to make a spell to get rid of covid the reason why we haven't is it's not our job to alter fate it's our job to just be to to do what we've always done and to continue to develop ourselves mentally physically and spiritually not to mess with things out of our control yeah um that's interesting um the clergy part gets people yes it does i i've been an ordained minister for quite a number of years and it's like stories just kidding oh yes i'm so old um but people are like you're you're a witch and i'm like yeah and i said it's just a belief system and we follow that belief system nothing more than a belief system um and people like i never tell anybody they they usually come up and like ask questions um and you answer these questions and then they start getting to know you and then they find out you're a witch it's like oh my god i i didn't know you were a witch and i'm like that's like saying if i were protestant or catholic yeah yeah, it's the same thing. I wish we could, you know, be independently wealthy and then just sit around all day and read tarot. That would be that, that would be, be fun. Cool. I mean, the whole thing with clergy is people are so used to the word clergy from the Christo-Judeo world that they don't realize that in paganism was doing it long before. The, the thing is Christianity reinvented the term clergy. You know, when they split off from Rome, they defied the Jewish world. It was all about a rebellion. They came up with a system borrowing from other systems. Really, in paganism, we, I mean, the Sumerians had clergy. Um, and really, we were the ones that coined the term. We had the priesthood, the, the high priesthood. And in fact, if you go back to the Babylonian era, it was a high priestess, but it was never men uh, to... See, this is what threw people with Gardner, right? Because this is how Gardner got it wrong. Gardner looked at history through. He went to the Babylonian era and then he looked at the history of clergy and he said, oh, this is why all women only could be witches. And that was wrong because he got the history wrong. He took up, he was very aware of the Egyptian pantheons, the Greek pantheons. And the way the history was always written was it just had, priestess which is a wrong translation because it's actually both male and female but it was the male's job was governance so if you lived in babylon the priest would be responsible for law and order and priestess divination as you move forward through european history the same model's always been used you have to have both to run an establishment and this is why people have issues when you tell them you're clergy witch because They've only known clergy from the Christian world, which is a system that borrowed heavily from the world systems. For example, um, the Ten Commandments comes from the Kabbalah. It's actually in the Kabbalah. And these days, if if you were to talk to a rabbi who is involved in Jewish magic, and there is such a thing, he will tell you the Kabbalah is off limits. I would love to do teach it here at Witch School, but there's large parts of the cabana which are off limits because they're sick and tired of people stealing from it. The idea, you know, it was in Judaism where they where they had the um, the right of exorcism, the right of possessions, the right of, uh, of what would be known as 
the language of the afterlife does it work i mean aramaic probably is not um but it's close but it's still not it, it's you know from what we know the language of the afterlife is completely different now but it's this idea that people have a mix a, a very jaded view of clergy because they just picture people wearing robes and doing some things they shouldn't be doing. When in fact, I don't wear robes. I mean, very, we here at uh, the Corellian tradition, we only wear robes if we're doing state work, if we're doing initiations, if we're doing whatever the situation is. But if it involves that level of we're going in, then we're going to wear robes. Usually, I just wear normal clothes. Uh, before I was Corellian, I was Dianic, so we didn't even wear clothes. Um, we did oh clad for a very long time because that was. Oh, that's the other thing that people uh, always ask me about, which is just like, do you go sky clad and do rituals? And they got this from Gerald Gardner. This is where it all came from. This is the danger of Gerald Gardner, right? Gerald Gardner made a baseless, I, to be controversial to all of our viewers today, Gerald Gardner's uh, a statement, I think it was 38, 1938, maybe a little bit later, but he was, he told the world he was sky clad and forced into an initiation by a group of sky clad, which is in the new forest. Well, I know the group in the new forest and I'll tell you that his name's not in the book of life, nor any of his pseudonyms. And what he described, it's not what we do in witchcraft, but now people think, oh my gosh, those witches, they're going to be all like naked and dancing around a bonfire and I don't know, calling up evil spirits. Nah, no, not even close, but. Oh, gee, you called? <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, it's, it's funny when you meet people and you talk to them. Like I've, I've been on the path for 52 years, this Samhain. Um, And people come up and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you, you're a witch? And I'm like, yeah. You know, well, what do you do? Eat. Eat. <laughs> you, know, you sit there and it's it's so funny as if I would say I was Presbyterian, I wouldn't get any reaction other than, oh, really? It's it's amazing. And it's it's nothing more than a lifestyle. Yeah. It's just how I choose to live my life. Um, Which is nothing wrong with that. We should, you know, what? I think the thing with society is there's always going to be people who like to live our lives for us because they think, ah, you're that, you know, it, it's like, uh, yeah, you can always tell when that sort of person's around. It's like, oh, it's like that. Or if they see you wearing a pentagram, they, they give you that look. And it's always like, like I wear mine at work. I, I, you know, I'm proud of what I am, right? And people are like, is that a star of David? And I'm like, if you want it to be, yes. <laughs> I had many years ago. I was at university and I had a, a history teacher, PhD history teacher, uh, m say that my pentagram was a star of David. So she thought I was Jewish. This is a highly trained historian who deals in uh, Kabbalistic history. And I'm like, um, no, the Star of David is not a pentagram. It's, no, it's six tiny, Yeah, tiny little difference. And she's like, oh, so what are you then? I went, well, I'm a witch. And she gave me that death stare because it was a Catholic school. Oh, so she gave me that death stare and I'm like, 
Oh boy, here we go. Like the ignorance level is so. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Uh, when we meet people, um, a lot of times they have like feelings and and no one has ever put a name to it. No. Uh, your intuition. Like, I'm NCIS freak, so, you know, it's Gibbs gut, you know, what's your gut tell us? And it's, everybody has it. It's, it's a tool, yeah. but it's a muscle. And if you don't flex it and use it, it goes away. Which is why it's in my book. So in my book, we do do exercises on empowering your intuition. And uh, one of the people I was working, I'm working with, with the book, I think had, uh, you could tell just by looking into her eyes that she was doing the exercises. So you can always tell when people are using their intuition. A lot of people also think wrongly that it's a mental health thing, right? Hearing, you know, like that inner voice in your mind and they think, oh my gosh, I'm going mad and I need to be on chemicals and all of this and really no, listen to your intuition. No, it's there. It's funny. I know a counselor other than myself who is pagan in Baltimore. And um, he was like, he has some pagan symbols in his office because he is. And people, he's, people assume that they're ancient, um, like hieroglyphic things, you know. And when he tells you, I mean, it, he just comes off with it, you know. And you're on the floor laughing when he's talking about it because the way he, he's like, these people think I've got like, you know, ancient symbols and on. And he's like, N -n -n like, you know, my corollium here, you know, and he's like, oh, it's an ancient symbol. Yeah. And we laugh about it because people do that assume. Yeah. And they like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's like, and I always joke with him on, because being pagan, you know, I said, oh, well, how many voices are you hearing today? You know, little things like that. You know, we laugh about it because he's had people come in and, you know, their intuition and they're telling him, oh, I get this feeling and, and, and I don't know what to do. And he's what's feeling tell you to do, you know, and, and it's like, you, you've had it all mm -hmm. your life. Just oh, yeah. use it, you know, and if more people listen to their gut or their little brain up there, you would be amazed that we might have common sense. Yeah, um, God forbid common sense in 2021. Please. I mean, that that's almost a, a dirty word anymore um, with millennials, especially. Uh, <laughs> my age. I know I get so frustrated sometimes with some young people. But when we express ourselves as we do, um, I find most people who are in witchcraft now, now years ago, it was, it was not <laughs> what it, what, what it is now. You had a lot of, um, you had a lot of people that weren't accepted anywhere else. And this was like the dumping ground yeah. for a long time. Um, and now we're finding out doctors and lawyers and psychologists and all are now pagan and it's like people are are freaking out like oh my god you're a doctor and you're a pagan well yeah it's the world like used to be pagan i mean like i said before when the, when you had the rebellion that started out of the demise of rome and pretty much yeah what you know how the christian world came to be 
paganism has always been a thing, but it was never called paganism. It was just a shared universal religion. I mean, you Everybody could call it, it. Yeah. I mean, you could call it heathen, you can call it whatever it is. And the reason why people are going back to it or, or returning home, per se, is a new term it is. It's very simple. Nobody's buying into certain religious systems anymore. The systems that were in place are, I mean, I'll be brutally honest, the Catholic system's out, outdated, no longer works, and has caused nothing but division in society. And people are not buying into the system. If you look at the evangelical movement, it's all about making profit. You you buy into a system with a full sense of security. That's not a good way to be. And because nobody is buying into the system, they're rejecting it. This isn't a new thing. We saw it in the we saw it at the end of the US Civil War. We saw it at the end of World War One. We saw it at the end of World War Two coming into the Cold War. Whenever there has been a time where the divine could have stepped in, according to the Christian world, to save humanity and it never happens, this is what causes people to say, okay, that system doesn't work. The thing with paganism is that we know the divine can't interfere because of free will. And we decided for ourselves, for whatever reason, to do some idiotic things because nobody remembers the Hopi story, which up and up told us, cut the BS and try to live together. Remember that we are part of the same spirit realm that the animals are from. Really simple lesson, right? But now we decided for whatever reason we would want stuff. And a really good example of the Hopi story coming true was the First World War, where it was a war of stuff. I've got stuff, you've got stuff. I've got guns, you've got guns. Well, what are we going to do now, boys? I know we're going to come together and have a bit, bit of a battle. What could possibly happen? Oops, millions dead. It was that level of almost childlike stupidity but then something unique happened with the amount of death people were like or especially the super orthodox christians were like well how come nobody saved us how come the angels didn't come down and how come you know? and the answer is because the system never worked to begin with because when you have a system based on stolen material which makes absolutely no sense and a book which is designed to make you fear everything there is no way it's ever going to work pagans though we see the world as it truly is that we are we're responsible for the reality which we make manifest which is why there's been a return to pagan uh, you know i hate to use the term paganism but okay we have to because everybody likes a title these days but it's a return to something that's always been there because it makes most sense paganism all of the things within paganism from there's the several thousand different religions and traditions involved it's not just a, you know witchcraft is big but it's a part of a big system but it's all to do with this idea that community family first understanding how the divine works that we are developing our souls in a limited time in this body and this is why you won't see pagans up in arms you're never going to see you know pagan rioters you're never going to see people using paganism as a military tool now we do have pagans who are in the military and that's great but they also learn the read you know they're not going to do anything stupid right it's all about defense you know but paganism works because it's a fail-safe system because it's never let you down right 
it's pretty simple too. We don't have a lot of rules. I've always said paganism is for people like me who can't remember things. You what? know, three rules and that's it. And you're good. Harming none, being members of community and basically not bringing ill repute. But harming none's the big one. You're not going to see pagans going out in the middle of the night. You know, I, I miss the days in England, right? So Brixton in London used to be a hotbed for fights, right? And so you're not going to see pagans going out on the streets late at night punching each other up. It's just not going to happen because we believe in, we don't harm anyone. Nope. And it's, it's a funny, it's a rule that all of these people have and nobody pays it any attention but us. Yep. Kind it's a of, universal rule. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things. The Native Americans, my father's family, are. That's probably why I am like I am, because I grew up mm -hmm. in that realm with on a farm. I, I was a farm girl. Um, Did you have the piece of straw in the mouth with the like the no. no, I was always the shortest one. So I got to do the worst jobs like birthing cows up to your elbows and cow uterus yeah that was oh, joy oh yes the joys of farming yeah you learn the difference between a pie and a chip real fast um but it's i it's more natural it's just a, an easier thing yeah i don't have to remember much because it's just you do what comes natural basically yeah you know you look out for each other you clean your house and you know all those wonderful things that we were taught to do now before we leave i'm rearranging my desk here i have everything on my desk of course um we are going live with the show on saturday morning saturday afternoon we'll see the show your book again is on the Carlian website go onto the website so you can order it in the publishing part so you can pre-order the book and make sure you get a book that way um i know uh there's several corellians writing books and there's quite a, a list of ones that this have already been written so go on the website this is a great place to find some really good books um a lot of the books are written uh i know john anastasio has a nice one on there um living the wiccan life is on there lord don's is on there there's a lot of really good books with a lot of good information um and the books are not quote unquote just for pagans some no everybody there are can other read it. people who like to read too um in fact a lot of people it it amazes me um when you start talking to people and they're they're telling you books that they're reading and i'm going oh that's a pagan book okay <laughs> you don't say anything you just you smile yeah that was a good book um we're not all bewitched trust me and i i sure look like one of the charmed ones <clears throat> the old version yeah really clearly i look like Alyssa milano you know um I will say Hollywood is getting better at describing us. I'll, I'll give Hollywood that one. Um, yeah, although... they've learned that lesson. You know, that I think with Hollywood, they're so driven by religious perspectives and they're so driven to market product. But the good thing with the parliaments of world's religions and with the amounts of pagan voices is Hollywood's dropped all the stereotypical kind of things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
they're still marketing really to young women, not necessarily to young men, although men are meant to be seen as the enemies always in these shows. But they're still marketing to a certain demographic. Will that ever change? No, because they've got to make money. This is wow. Hollywood. And I'm one of these people that's um, the way Hollywood is right now is they're in a bad place that they jumped on the sort of the, the woke movement and it failed. And because it failed, now they're trying to scratch their heads. And it's like, well, can we go back to marketing witches without realizing that they kind of dropped the, the, the ball? And, but they are getting better. They are. We're not all green and, you know. Well, I am first thing in the morning, but I Yeah, well, you put your makeup on, right? <laughs> okay. We've had a wonderful time here talking. Um, we're going to go ahead and close our show. I hope everybody's had a good week. We will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Old reference, trust me. Uh, <laughs> it's from the old Batman show. In the right. Adam West. Adam West, yes. It was such a good show with Robin. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. when the tight. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mel Brooks. There we go. Robin Hood. Ben and tight. Ben and tight. That was a good, uh, Mel Brooks is my God. Yes. I, I love everything that man's done. He, he's just, and you know, he's really good at just taking everything and just making fun, making fun of it. And there is nothing sacred. And I think that's why I love him because he just has fun with everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you've ever seen any of his movies, there is nothing sacred. No, no. Too and, bad you can't do that anymore. People get oh offended. my gosh. How did we grew up with Mel Brooks and all of that? How did we get so sensitive? Well, some people did. I never got sensitive. I'll tell you what, the, the, the whole woke BS has gotten to the point now where you, we've just seen all the franchises just implode. Isn't it amazing? Um, Hollywood is dying and everybody else is prospering. Hmm. I keep people keep on asking me to do streams on like reviewing Batwoman, reviewing Star Trek. And I'm like, yeah, I don't particularly want to have a heart attack. Go watching all these and then, yeah, going for them. I just think I'll not do reviews. Ah, uh, yeah. Imagine your brain after your brain has to be infested with all that stuff. <laughs> I'm already nuts. <laughs> right. That would do that, be right over the edge. It's been fun. We've had a great time. Tune in next week. We'll see you all then. Tim, thanks so much for coming. My pleasure. Okay. And again, make sure you get on Tim's book. Check out his live streams. Live streams almost every day. And check into it. Uh, and hey, check into which school. You never know what you might learn. Thank you all. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.